Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's happy championship week on AFC NFC Championships coming up here on Sunday. Going to be a great day to be great as always, but as has been our theme here over the last few episodes on the podcast, still very much in review of 2022 mode. So, you know, go get your bets down for Sunday and, you know, go freak out about every single head coach and offensive coordinator hiring. If you're a national reporter, you can ignore all the bad things these coaches have done that got them fired in the first place. And just bring up, you know, some good event that they participated in 10, 15 years ago and say it's a good hire so you don't ruin your sources. So whatever you want to do and deal with this time is fine by me. But again, still very much on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, trying to make sure we don't miss any big takeaways from what happened in 2022 so that we can safely and hopefully profitably that's the right word. Sounds kind of right. Move on to 2023 and beyond with, you know, clear eyes, a full heart. And then hopefully we can't lose per Coach Taylor. So with that in mind, guys, finally much anticipated, at least I've been, you know, anticipated about doing this is my quarterback takeaways column and thus podcasts here ahead of 2023. So looking at what happened last season, five big questions struck me because this was a historic season in terms of the overall dominance at the quarterback position. We had Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes all post top 12 seasons ever in terms of fantasy points per game. I mean, for a while, I think we've all wrapped our minds around, you know, the Konami code quarterback, you know, shout out Rich Rebar, JJ Zacharyson, you know, it's not brain science to figure out that we've had quarterbacks that run the ball a lot. And because of that, don't even need to be great passers in order to be great fantasy quarterbacks that's been you know one of the molds and what we've looked for in late round quarterbacks in the past and we will continue to do so for years to come but only recently have we started to get these true aliens emerging at the position where they're complementing high upside rushing ability with passing production that isn't even dissimilar to what we're seeing pocket quarterbacks have who can't run at all so again this dominance got me thinking about five key questions that i wanted to answer and hopefully wrap our minds around was 2022's again high and dominance at the position just a historical outlier in a really great season for those guys or was it more so a sign of things to come and perhaps reason for us to start spending up more on quarterbacks and fantasy drafts so those five questions that we're going to answer today is fantasy scoring going up in general at quarterback Question number two is the discrepancy between fantasy's top tier QB1s growing versus the lower end QB1s. So what I mean with that is, is QB1 through six overall, are they getting a lot better 
just compared to to QB seven through twelve, because as we know, you know we have the RB ones, the wide receiver one discussion, where it's top twelve versus you know the guys that are finishing RB thirteen through RB twenty four. But with quarterback, majority of our redraft leagues only having one of them, quarterback and tight end might honestly be better off referring to you know QB one through six as QB ones, QB seven through twelve as QB twos. Also, question number three, have the top tier fantasy quarterbacks gotten more expensive in terms of ADP? So if we have determined that, yes, those top six quarterbacks are performing worlds better than the next six quarterbacks, have there, has that been priced inappropriately to the preseason ADP? Question number four obviously needs to be then, how has the fantasy industry done at identifying the season's top quarterbacks in terms of the preseason ADP? Because guess what? If we can't figure out who these guys are before the season, then what's the point of trying to exploit that? And finally, question number five, is there still hope for finding an upside fantasy quarterback in the later round? So again, going to answer all these questions here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast and all the charts and stuff I'm referencing. You can find on PFF.com in my column that will be up there on January 27th, lovely Friday. So first question we're going to answer, guys, is fantasy scoring going up in general at quarterback? And the answer is a resounding yes, and it's not even really all that close. If you look at it in terms of both the top six scoring and the top 12 scoring, it's been reaching really... I only went back 10 years because I don't know what, you know, fantasy points per game from quarterbacks tell us from 1992 versus nowadays, but 10 years, you know, pretty solid sample size here. And you look at that each of the past five seasons. So 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, that average of the top six fantasy quarterbacks has been greater than any season from 2013 to 2017. So we really have seen the top tier of quarterbacks over the past five years begin to score fantasy points at a much higher rate than we were seeing before that. So same trend is holding true when looking at the top 12 versus top six. Unsurprisingly, in the year 2022, 2023 now of our Lord, you know, we have quarterbacks with these dual threat talents really rising to the occasion, becoming more and more fantasy friendly. As we talked about a couple of episodes ago, looking at, you know, our kind of big time overachievers and underachievers in terms of ADP, we were looking at some of these numbers for the rushing, you know, Konami code quarterbacks and guys, it truly is wild if, and it's a big if, because we saw guys like Malik Willis, Sam Ellinger, who theoretically and yes Sam Ellinger if you look at his Texas rushing stats freaking ridiculous I know he's not Malik Willis in terms of just the talent and stuff but just we had two quarterbacks that if they could have started you know eight ten games like they would have fit this criteria but they couldn't they weren't good enough passers so it's not a hundred percent success rate but guys you know looking at over these past 10 years if a quarterback has averaged more than six rush attempts per game between six and nine specifically was the group i looked at 42 percent chance they finish in the top six nine or more carries i mean 62 and a half percent meanwhile we look at the pocket passers you know between zero and 5.99 carries per game we're not even reaching a 20 percent hit rate in terms of the top six quarterbacks so really quarterbacks that run a lot just have so so much extra room to boom rather than bust. And again, that's helped contribute to more and more fantasy football scoring at the quarterback position than we have seen over the past 10 years. Next question, is the discrepancy between fantasy's top-tier quarter QB1s growing versus the lower-end QB1s? So basically, again, this last year, if you had your Jalen Hurts, you're Josh Allen, you're Patrick Mahomes. You know how big of an advantage that was on a week-to-week basis compared to the guys that were forced to get by with your Kirk Cousins, your Derek Cars, and all that. And guys like that really wasn't just uh, 
you know, you should have been feeling like that because that it came out of nowhere, more or less, of what I'm trying to say. I took the difference between that average scoring between every year's QB one through six bucket and the QB seven through 12 bucket to see if that disparity in 2022 was larger than it's ever been. And the answer is a resounding yes. In 2022, the QB one through QB six averaged 22.6 fantasy points per game, QB seven through QB 12, all the way down to 17.7. That difference of 4.9 fantasy points, easily the highest of the past 10 years i mean the average from 2013 to 2021 was only an advantage of 2.8 points the highest single season mark was 3.4 so literally point and a half higher discrepancy between these groups does this mean that you know the top end the top tier the elite quarterbacks in fantasy all of a sudden need to be prioritized way ahead of what we're seeing from the qb7 through 12 group not necessarily, because if you do go back literally just one year, all of a sudden we find the closest discrepancy between that group. So in 2021, we actually had the low-end QB1s holding their own against the top-tier QB1s more than we had seen over the past decade before this last year when it all came crashing down, where they couldn't hold up their end of the bargain while the top-tier QB1s kept on keeping on. And that really is a key takeaway in this part. Again, quarterback scoring, QBs 1 through 6, QBs 1 through 12. 12, it's all reaching really, really high levels, but it's been more consistent in terms of the top six quarterbacks every year, which again, I think makes sense. We haven't seen that many aliens in the league. We can count them in on one hand, you know, maybe need an extra finger or two, uh, you know, sorry, Jason Pierre Paul, but looking at again, the QB seven through 12 range, that's when I think we're starting to get into a lot of the guys that honestly were busting this last year, the quarterbacks that don't have that rushing floor and accordingly can't give us the same crazy fantasy football ceiling and floor to the equation so I do think this is even better represented when we look at the QB one through six bucket versus now our high-end QB two. So looking at the quarterbacks that were ranked QB 13 to QB 18 and probably should have stayed at the beginning, but when I'm doing these quarterback rankings, guys, I did go per game. I'm not trying to completely just reward availability here, although I do you know, acknowledge that it is probably the most important ability in real life. That said, though, per game, and you need a minimum of eight starts. So just that, keep that in mind when I'm referring to all these ranks but again we do see a more clear trend of quarterback one through six really separating themselves between quarterbacks 13 through 18 over these past four years and specifically we've seen four consecutive like top 10 year jumps basically between these two buckets so overall QBs one through six really reaching higher levels than ever. Again, each of these past five years were higher than anything we saw in the trailing five years before that. A little bit more inconsistent in terms of the low man QB one group. And we haven't seen any sort of consistency in terms of the QB twos and beyonds. I mean, again, you look at this QB 13 through 18 bucket and over these past two seasons, I mean, they've been scoring the same amount of fantasy points as they were in 2013 and 2014, which is not even close to true for our QB one group. So again, huge huge advantage because think about it too this qb 13 through 18 bucket like that's who you're having to go to on the wave wire or when someone gets injured or when someone gets bust so that really just goes to show you again having those top tier guys such an advantage 
if you can get them at the right price. So that takes us into our next question. Have the top tier fantasy quarterbacks gotten more expensive in terms of ADP? Because if everything I said, you know, and again, and it is true, I've looked up the data and that's what I'm presenting to you guys right now. It doesn't matter if the pricing of the players is all just correlated perfectly. However, that's not what we're seeing, guys. Shout out to Fantasy Pros for providing me with all this ADP data. You can go get it yourself over on their website. I believe you just have to make a free account. But both high-end and low-end QBs are a bit more expensive than they were in 2018 and 2019. But we're still not looking at anything close to what happened in 2013 through 2015. I mean, in those years, guys, really was still the tail end of an era where quarter Backs are getting drafted a lot higher in fantasy drafts. You know, nowadays you maybe have one Joe Schmo or two, you know, taking the guy in round one or round two. But I think more and more in the industry, there's so many smart people just providing content for free and podcasts like this one you can listen to. And just general ADP has gotten sharper, especially by the time people draft closer to September, you know, more often not for the more casual observers of the group. But yeah. Have not seen the quarterbacks quite get all the way down to what they were then because the average average draft average average ADP, I should say, the overall pick number I'm talking about. So not just you know the QB one, I'm talking about pick number 25 or whatever in the draft. So from 2013 to 2015, for QBs one through six, they were all going inside of the first three rounds of the draft. Specifically, it was an average ADP of 25, 26, and 27. Over these past three years, it's been at 40, 35, and 39. So we're still seeing these quarterbacks, you know, going a full round, round and a half later over these past three years compared to where they were going about a decade ago. Now, they are not quite as cheap as they were in 2018 and 2019. 2017 was a brutal year in terms of scoring when i was talking earlier about the fantasy points per game by the year i mean 2017 was actually the lowest single year among the whole crop before things started to stabilize immediately after that so again we saw things really drop off in 2018 2019 i mean that was those were the two years where you could really get these quarterbacks at an affordable price but also look at that timeline that's when these aliens started to come into the league in the first place and started to change the nature of the game patrick mahomes 2018 for year Lamar Jackson 2019 first year Josh Allen came in in 2018. Joan Hurts came in in 2020. Callum Murray came in in 2019. He had obviously some bonkers years in terms of points per game, at least production putting up there. So really over these past five years, we've seen these guys come in and accordingly just I think start to break the game a little bit, guys. Rushing quarterbacks that have that high-end passing ability, it's what we're seeing from the Christian McCaffreys and the Austin Ecklers of the world where they just have such high-performing numbers in two facets of the game. Players with only one means of production can't even compete with them. So, again need to make sure that we're checking all of our boxes here but so far we've been able to establish that not only is the scoring of the top tier quarterback ones in fantasy land higher than ever but it's also been a it's also been at an affordable price relative to what we were seeing 10 years ago so that's great ian you know quarterbacks are scoring a lot they're doing it relatively cheap well can we actually identify them in a reasonable manner and luckily guys the answer is yes so answering question number four here how has the fantasy industry done at identifying the season's top quarterbacks in terms of preseason ADP and particularly the top tier, that QB one through six bucket? They've been pretty great. I mean, looking at this again, the average positional ADP for the first 
six quarterbacks drafted over the past three years, it's been QB6, QB5, and QB6. So we've really been nailing it. And I've seen J.J. Zacharyson, you know, the late-round QB, publish some similar work over the last year where basically we've just gotten better in terms of our preseason ADP, specifically at quarterback at predicting who are going to be those leaders by the time the season is done. So that's fantastic. You know, the guys, top six quarterbacks, and you look at what happened this past year as I pull up my handy-dandy Excel year. I mean, no one really came out of absolutely nowhere like you know maybe we were seeing 10 years ago when we had less fantasy friendly quarterbacks that were giving us this again stupid volume discrepancy between what again the best quarterbacks were doing and what some of the worst were doing so looking at just last year in the top quarterbacks Jalen Hurts finished as the QB1 in fantasy points per game. He was the ADP QB6 by the time September came around. Josh Allen, QB2, drafted as a QB1. Patrick Mahomes, QB3, drafted as a QB2. Joe Burrow, QB4, drafted as the QB7. Justin Fields, QB5, drafted as a QB17. Lamar Jackson, QB6. Again, fantasy points per game with a minimum eight starts. Lamar was balling as much as people want to try to deny it when he was out there i know he slowed down after the hot hot start but you know what he had to have the hot start in the first place anyway finished as the qb6 fantasy points per game drafted as the qb4 so really have been effective at finding those top six guys and again that's been a three-year trend now and even before that you know we're not seeing brutal positional adps getting blown out of the water the big difference here, and this is a big takeaway, we have not been nearly as accurate at identifying who the QB 7 through 12, the low-end QB 1s, if you will, in terms of the preseason ADP. I mean, you look at what happened last season. QB 7 through 12, that group, guys, their average positional ADP in the preseason was the QB 20, pick 148. And this is for the low-end quarterbacks, and it's not just a one-year wonder. I mean, 20 and 148, those numbers, those are 10-year highs, but we've also seen two of the other so basically three of the total worst the three worst seasons in terms of quarterbacks us just really misidentifying who the low-end QB ones were in the preseason relative to who they wound up being three the three worst seasons have all come in the last four years so not just a one-year blip on the radar with this 2019 2020 and 2022 alike we really saw those low-end qb ones come much deeper in the draft than where they were necessarily thought to be in the preseason and never did we see that stronger than this last year and we can't exactly blame every single person with it trey lance who knew he was gonna you know snap his freaking leg in week two we also had kirk cousins where didn't start off strong but finished strong then again guys Derek carr russell Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that truly was a dead zone after we got through the first six quarterbacks this year. And ultimately, you've been better off fading that second tier of quarterbacks in favor of guys like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Daniel Jones, among other ones. So again, getting back to our kind of who were the biggest over and under achievers of the positions, you know, conversation we had a week or two ago. Don't hate the player, hate the ADP. This is a one-year thing. And some of those guys I just named, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they were all studs in 2021. So I'm not saying, you know, the process was egregiously wrong with that. But I do think that because of how great the quarterbacks one through sixes are, I don't think we've done a good enough job separating the Jalen Hurts, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes of the world from that next group of quarterbacks. Because when you look at it, there's no reason that Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr should have had, you know, a wider gap between them. Um, 
you know, I'm sorry, it was a lesser gap. The gap between Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr in terms of their ADP was less than that of Derek Carr and Jared Goff. So who would you feel better about going in the season? You know, Jalen Hurts or a Kyla Murray and Derek Carr? Of course, you're going to take the alien, but we still felt better about Derek Carr and Jared Goff. And that's fine. I mean, again, I don't think that's an egregious thing. They were adding Adams, plenty of weapons there. Josh McDaniels, you could talk yourself into that being an upgrade. But the disparity in which we were showing that confidence between guys like Carr, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, and those guys, that was the problem. So again, our ability has been proven not to be nearly as strong picking those low-end QB1s as it has been the high-end QB1s. So hey, that's all pretty damn good for the top-tier QBs, guys. What this has taught me is that when we see years like last year where we had Jalen Hurst and Kyler Murray leaking into round six or being late five-round guys, Patrick Mahomes in round four, even your Josh Allen you know, sliding into round three, I don't think those are egregious picks because the safety, the consistency of the, of the position has been there. We've been better than ever at selecting these guys. These guys have been better than ever at scoring points, and their price isn't egregious. So, hey. Don't hate the player, hate the ADP. If all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is going, you know, pick 15 next year, I'm probably going to be waiting because when quarterbacks are going early, that's going to be pushing other positions down the board. But my biggest takeaway from this is probably ignoring that middle class of QBs because, again, I think their price is being inflated because of how good the top tier QBs are. But I don't think we're necessarily seeing that same sort of consistency and same sort of ability to predict who the good, not great QBs are going to be. And we saw that resoundingly last season. And hey. Maybe it was just a one-year blip on the radar once again. But, man, guys, QB7 through QB12 last year, we had Kyler Murray, who, okay, he was drafted as the QB5. Daniel Jones drafted as the QB28. Geno Smith, QB35. Tua, QB16. Trevor Lawrence, QB18. And Kirk Cousins, QB15. Don't forget Justin Fields slid into the top six tier before that. So, really, top tier guys, I think we do a good job of recognizing them. But after that, don't overestimate our ability to really discern the total, you know, point by point difference, a massive difference, I should say, between guys that have less just out of this world physical traits and just these fantasy roles that can't be really matched by quarterbacks that don't run to the same extent. Final question now, guys, is there still hope for finding an upside fantasy quarterback in the later rounds? Because, again, if we want to fade that middle tier of quarterbacks, but we don't manage to get the, you know, upper top six guys, what are we supposed to do to get a quarterback in fantasy? And there still has been a decent track record of finding high end quarterbacks in later rounds. Specifically, we've had exactly 10 quarterbacks over the past 10 years have an ADP outside of the first 10 rounds, pick 120 to be specific. So these guys finish as top six six signal callers and fantasy points per game so not even top 12 here we're looking at top six true upside players they were 2013 Nick Foles, 2014 Ben Roethlisberger, 2015 Ty God Taylor, 2015 Blake Bortles, what a time to be alive, 2016 Matt Ryan doing king shit, 2017 Carson Wentz also surprisingly doing king shit, 2017 Alex Smith getting the most out of Tyreek Hill, CC Tua, 2019 Dak Prescott, hell of a year, 2019 Matt Stafford was doing awesome before he got injured in that year, and Kenny Galladay led the NFL in receiving touchdowns that season, what a wide time and most recently 2022 Justin Fields so 
Again, that was outside of the first 10 rounds, pick 120. We did have two guys that barely missed that you're going to know these seasons. 2018 Patrick Mahomes and 2019 Lamar Jackson had triple-digit ADPs, just not fully outside the 120 qualifiers. So, look. This history is telling us in terms of one through six, the super high upside guys, you can't really expect more than one, maybe two of those quarterbacks to be there in the late, late rounds. But they have been there in the top 12. Again, you look at the average ADP of these top 12 quarterbacks and for the past season, for it to be 148 before that, it was 88, 94, 145 in 2019. Again, we just haven't been good at picking the low end QB1. So my, I guess... My big takeaway with this, guys, like don't overestimate our ability to tear out these quarterbacks beyond, beyond the aliens because that's the discrepancy we're seeing. We're seeing people have the same level of confidence splitting up our Jalen Hurts and Josh Allens of the world with everyone else, you know, Dax and Russell Wilson's and all that. And I think we're doing a good job with that. Again, everything shows that we do a good job of predicting who the top six quarterbacks are going to be. Our ability to decipher who's going to be between, you know, QB seven and QB 18. That's the part that I think everyone is being far too confident about at the moment. And that's why, you know, just throwing some darts at those later round quarterbacks like Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, you know, Geno Smith, when we find out he wins the job, shit like that, or just playing the waiver wire. If you're in, you know, a shallower league and you know, your league mates aren't going to be loading up at the position. I think that makes way more sense than spending top 100 picks on pocket passers that we just can't have the same level of confidence in drafting because look what's happened the last five years. These guys have not been as consistently high scoring as the top six quarterbacks. We haven't been able to predict them as well, and they've just been readily more available late than any other position. The average ADP of a top 12 quarterback this past year was, again, 110.5 the average adp of a top 24 running back was pick 40 top 24 wide receiver pick 45 top 12 tight end was 80.6 fields daniel jones geno smith tua and trevor lawrence were all available outside the top 10 rounds last season meanwhile we had one running back jamal williams finishes a top 24 rb zero top 24 wide receivers and two top 12 tight ends and evan ingram and david Njoku. so if you want to spend high on one of those top six quarterbacks i do think that's reasonable the data tells us that we've done a good job identifying them they've been scoring more points than ever and their adp is still at an affordable enough cost most likely going to 2023 that we're not even have to worry about going back 10 years ago but Guess what? Even if it does start to sink down to what the ADP was 10 years ago, they're scoring more points than they were then, so we can feel a little bit better about it. It's, again, that middle class of QBs that I do think we need to make a much bigger habit of considering to fade if that discrepancy continues to be so wide between them and the guys late. So not saying this is going to completely play out this way in 2023 you know the public is smart sometimes and they're gonna you know get around to this maybe we do see those you know qbs 13 through 20 maybe your daniel joneses of the world and you know trevor lawrence i know those players specifically are going to be drafted higher this year but those guys holding that adp ranking i mean if they're all of a sudden climbing up and being neck and neck with that low-end qb1 group we're not seeing that same sort of advantage so maybe you should go ahead and shoot your shot on the low-end qb1 that you like but if that stays different guys and it makes sense why the difference is as big as it is because you know most sharper players i think are only drafting one quarterback uh, more times than not as long as you're not in a super flex league or anything like that so you know 
once teams kind of get there, all 12 owners pick their quarterback, like you're not going to see anyone taking a second quarterback for a long time. That's why those ADPs get driven so further down. So I'm pretty confident that there's always going to be that rather unwarranted gulf between the QB7, the QB12, and then into that next tier of guys. And I think that's where we can really take advantage of it in 2023 and beyond. So two main takeaways from this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Top-tier signal callers are scoring better and more consistently than ever, and they're doing it at an affordable price that we have been fantastic at identifying. And point number two, the late-round crop of signal callers has demonstrated the ability to consistently infiltrate the low-end QB1 a conversation we have been far less good at identifying who those low end qb ones are going to be before the season so ban the middle class of uh you know quarterbacks in fantasy i guess trying to think what's the you know political agenda that we could call this uh I don't know. It's like we're really hyping up the rich and the poor, but we're saying screw the middle class. So if you're smarter than me and you got this, you know, completely figured out, you're screaming the word, you know, let me know on Twitter at iHeart. It's always appreciate feedback, especially when I can't remember a freaking political term that I'm sure I learned 10 freaking times uh, at my freaking liberal arts school. So whatever that all aside, everyone, before we get out of here, I want to give a couple shout outs to our lovely sponsors who helped bring you this lovely edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. First up, our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up the playoff football season. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats. Pick whether you think they'll end up with a higher or lower total than that number in this week's game. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em entry. Get all your picks right and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head on over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up for promo code pff and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 that's underdog fantasy promo code pff get in on the action today also got to shout out our friends over at viore as always i'm repping their hat fits my big ass head as someone that struggled my entire life to find good fitting hats you know i've had to rock them backwards and then people are seeing me on the podcast some of our european faithful are saying why do americans always wear their hats like jackasses and yeah i get it guys but some hats, man. I put it on front, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, the best looking guy in the world, but I feel good with this hat on. So isn't that nine tenths of the battle anyway? Because even if I do look terrible with it, I think I look okay. And I would assume that most people out there aren't going to come to my face and tell me how bad it looks. So if I feel good about it, I think that's pretty reasonable that you could feel good about it. How's that for a freaking ad, Vittori? Viore. Oh, Marvin Vittori. Have my uh, UFC name in there. Marvin Vittori is a good, uh, you know, well-dressed man, you know, pause and everything. But Marvin Vittori, I'm sure, is also a fan of Viore. So Viore is an investment in your happiness. I could not have said that better myself. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash pod, And that's spelled V-U-O-R-I dot com slash pff pod not only will you receive 20 percent off your first purchase but enjoy free shipping on any u.s orders over 75 dollars and free returns go to viori v-u-o-r-i dot com slash pff pod and discover the versatility of viori clothing today 
going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in with me throughout this long offseason. Going to be back next week with running back and wide receiver breakdowns. Hopefully coming away with some similar longer term but actionable trends for the future with those positions as well next week. And before we know it, guys, going to be Super Bowl season free agency and all of a sudden best ball will be upon us once again. Obviously, Dynasty, you freaking sickos are grinding us, you know, like all hell right now. And I'm doing that with my two or three teams too. make sure to get some guests on sooner rather than later to help break down some of that goodness. So appreciate you guys tuning in as always at me and hearts until next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>